Good morning and welcome once again. And uh, last week, we had a little bit different kind of a message. Uh, I said it was for the, the younger crowd, a little bit more modern message. And we've been talking about the armor of God. And uh, as I was reflecting on it over the past week, and uh, I kind of thought of a different example I could give you to, to work with that. You know, we, uh, we put on our armor, and I've talked many times about the cracks, how things will get in. And uh, last week, to go along with that, we was talking about how things, you know, that seem harmless. We was talking about music and songs and that we, we listen to the, the beat and the melody and the tempo and how it makes us feel, and, and we enjoy all that, but we don't really zero in on the lyrics and what they are subconsciously putting into us. And... Um, I asked you last week, you know, to, to be on the lookout for these sort of things and, and kind of see. And, you know, I wondered, did you find anything like that? And if you did, how did you react to it? Because many times, you know, we might say, well, you know, that's a little off. That's a little bad. But, you know, I understand that. I, I see it. So as long as I see it, I'm okay. But are you? Because not only can we have cracks in the armor, I think we also can have corrosion of the armor, too. You know, and that's where we let these little things kind of kind of stick to it. And it may be on the outside, and we don't, we don't brush it off. We, we don't let it sit there. And if you ever watch corrosion, it kind of eats away, like rust. It'll just sit there and, and eat and eat and eat, and, and you don't really see it at first. It might be a little bit on the surface. Sometimes it's behind the paint. You know, you might just see a little bit of a bubble, a little bit of a bulge, but you don't really see it because the paint is covering it up. Or you might just have, you know, it's just, just on the surface. It don't seem like a big deal. But if we don't treat it, if we don't deal with it, it starts to penetrate deeper and deeper, and eventually it'll work its way through. And that's what we have to be cautious about is these little things building up, building up, building up. We've talked about that, the little things build up and pretty soon it becomes a big thing. And that's how Satan works at us, just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, until he finally makes that penetration. All right, before we get deep into it, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your house today, Father, get into your word. Father, we just ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, let your true message shine through. Open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father, to process it, to use it, and to share it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, I've been going in, in a general direction, and, and you know, I want I got a lot of things that I want to, to share with you all. And, you know, that's what I really enjoy. I, this is the most important part is to be able to share the magnificent God with all of y'all. What he can do, what we can do, how we interact, just how great God is. And, you know, there's, there's all these different things that, that I want to get to and I want to cover and then just seems like we're almost going to be there and then we have to add something else in something else in something else in and it's been that way for a while and we're here there again today that something steps forward and, and has to be addressed because all these little pieces come together we're not being entertained we're not having social hour we are 
building a stronger connection with God through teaching. And when we teach, we have to cover all the basics. We have to go from A to Z. We can't jump around. We have to put all the building blocks together. We have to have a strong foundation. We have to cover all these little details. Because, you know, you can think you have a, a great idea about who God is, but you take out one little detail and it changes everything. And we have so much stuff coming at us, and we're going to look at some of that today, about how we are influenced by what other people say about God and how that affects us and why we have to know what the foundation is. It's why week after week I keep saying we have to use this word, the word of God, to filter everything that we take in to make sure that we are dealing with the absolute truth of God and not what Satan would have us to hear. Because it's one or the other. We're either dealing in God's truth or we're dealing with Satan's lies. And that may sound harsh and that sounds a little scary, but that is the truth. We can't be in two places. We're in one or the other. We are either looking up towards God or we are in the pits with Satan. One or the other. And where do you want to be? We have some innate flaws from being human. We got a, a sinful body. We live in a sinful world. And we are highly influenced by it. And one of our characteristics, and you're not going to like it, is, is that we're, we're lazy. We're lazy. Nobody ever picks the hard path. Nobody, we always go the, the path of least resistance. Whatever our destination is, Whenever we go to, go to maps, what do we want to do? We want to pick the fastest way. We want the fastest service. We want to be able to get the most in the least amount of time. And you might say, well, maybe that's a good way of, of doing it. Well, sometimes we leave stuff on the table, so to speak. You know, there might be a, a fast way of doing things. But it also can be a better way of doing things. You know, you could have someone do something for you, and that gets it done quickly. But if you have someone to teach you to do something, then you can do it for yourself. You've learned a new skill. It may not be the fastest way of doing it. It may not be the easiest. Of course, it's always easier to have someone else to do it for you. But yet you're missing out on something. Knowledge is never a bad thing. Having skills is never a bad thing. And being the fastest is not always a good thing. But we always are looking for the, the easy way. That's why there's so many scams. Well, do this and you can get rich quick. Well, we all want to get rich quick. That's why the lottery is so popular. That's why people spend 
millions and millions of dollars every year. That's why you see them jackpots roll up because of that hope that, oh, if I could just do this, that would be an easy way to solve all my problems. Because the idea of doing hard work and labor and building something slowly, that doesn't seem very appeasing to us, appealing. We want, we want quick, we want it now. We all have our, our own agendas. You know, God, he tried to tell people, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. And God said, no, there's going to be some problems with that. But if that's what you want, then you have to think about why. Why is it that they was so strongly wanting a ruler? And it's not just, you know, not just that one time. Uh, it constantly was a need for a leader. God says, I'm your leader. Consult me. But they want a person. Even today, the, the Catholic Church, they put people, men, in between the mass, the church, and God because they feel that need. And the people are okay with that. When Jesus was crucified, the people were upset because they wanted him to be their leader right then. They wanted him to rise up, become king, and be their leader to take care of all the problems they were going through. They didn't understand that his purpose was so much bigger than what was they were dealing with right there at that time. So much bigger than what they could see. We, uh, we want things that are tangible. We want things we can see. We want things in front of us. You know, when it comes to God, His instructions are really simple. Have faith. Believe in me. Call upon my son. Be covered in his blood. Be part of the family. Follow my word. These are all really simple instructions. And he made it that way by design so that any person, any person can come to him. Any person can have salvation. Matthew 27 and 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. There's more than just words there. We had our, our prayer this morning. We talked to God. We did it as me representing the group. We also did it individually. We had our needs be brought out so we could all be praying together.
And you know, it didn't require anything special. It didn't require a special place. We could do this anywhere. We didn't require any kind of special accessories. We don't need any kind of beads. We don't need any special mats. We don't have to face any special direction. We don't need any altars. And most importantly, we don't need any person. We don't have to make a sacrifice. We don't have to consult a priest. We don't have to go to a temple. All we have to do is go straight to God because Jesus provided us with that means. The veil was tore, saying it was no longer there. The separation is gone. Jesus built that bridge. We are covered in his blood, and by that, God can look upon us, and we can call out to him. He will hear us. Our request can be made known, and his answer is yes and amen. But yet we still feel the need that we need something more. Because it sounds easy to have faith and believe, but we don't. So we turn to other things. We turn to people. We turn to people. And that throughout history, people has been using God not in a godly manner, but to push their agenda. In the name of God, we have killed. In the name of God, we have started wars. In the name of God, we have plundered. In the name of God, we have done all kind of despicable acts. And the one thing that all these things have in common, even though that we use God's name and we say we do it because of God, God had nothing to do with it. It wasn't his will. The word tells us what his will is. The, world, the word tells us that there'll be many false prophets. The word tells us that we have to be careful because people will do this. And why? Well, one reason is it is pleasing to Satan. Because when we see people do things in the name of God and it turns out to be bad because it's got God's name on it, it makes it look like God's the bad guy, that God failed, that God does bad things. In reality, it was all just a setup. And number two, we want to please God. You know, no matter where your relationship is with God, no matter how much faith, how much you believe, the fact is we are all made in his image. He has etched his word on all of our hearts. It's in there somewhere. Now, many, many, many have quench that Holy Spirit and have 
blotted out those words on that heart and they have burned it and seared it till it's something that's unrecognizable. But we have that desire that we want to, to please God. And then we go back to us being lazy again. We want to take the shortcuts. So when someone comes along and says, hey, this is pleasing on to God. Well, we can just jump on that bandwagon. We don't have to worry about worrying about what the word says. We don't have to worry about consulting God. We can just, just do that. Because, you know, we try to please God in the same way that we please people by, oh, I'm going to do this. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. We try to be flashy. We try to be a show off and we try to, to please men. And then we in return think that that's going to be pleasing unto God because we don't know what the word says. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing. We don't know what God wants from us because we're lazy. God's not fashionable anymore. God's not trendy. In fact, now it's just the opposite. You get more likes. You get more people to follow you. You get more status when we stand up against the word, when we put down what it says, when we want to challenge it, when we try not to have it in this segment of time that we're living in now, because the culture has changed, the opinions have changed, and we try to support that instead of what God says. God never changes. He's the same from the beginning to the end. Culture, people, popularity, trends, that's what changes. And you can invest all your time, all your money into a trend or what's popular at a moment. And then one day it's all going to be gone because it's not popular anymore. It's not trendy. It's not what the world wants anymore. But see, if you invest in the God and put your, your time, your faith, and spirit there, that's something that is always going to be. But you may not be the popular person. You may not be the trendy person. But you know what? Popular and trendy is not the path to heaven. Popular and trendy is not God's way. In fact, he tells us that being believers, following him, will be difficult. That people will come against us because it's not the popular way. It's not what Satan wants. It's not to, to his benefit. We have people in political power now are, that are appealing to the people of God, trying to use the name of God to drive their agenda. Back in July, the Vice President of the United States of America said that you must get vaccinated because that is what Jesus wants you to do. Because that's what it means to love thy neighbor. And then we have the new governor of New York, which is also 
supposed to be a woman of faith. I don't see how the two go together. But she is uh, saying that God told her, this is what we need to do, that you have to do this if you love God. And the fact is that the Christians are the holdouts. They're a group of trouble because they're not falling in line and jumping on the bandwagon. And that needs to be taken care of. We've been talking about how we want to flock to people. But in reality, you know, God doesn't need any of us. God loves us. God created us and he loves us because he wanted to. He was perfectly content without us, but he wanted family. He wanted to create. He wanted to freely give his love. And man messed it up. Man sinned. Man put the block between us and God. Jesus came along. He restored it. He provided us a way to get back, a way to communicate, to save our everlasting lives. And we still want to throw up hurdles. We still want to put our faith in men and not in God. Jesus heals. God heals. And he's given us that power. The idea that God wants us to rely on man to take care of a problem goes against the will and the word of God. Does God use people? Yes. Are we God's hands and feet? Yes. Are we supposed to be furthering the kingdom of God here on earth? Yes. Are we supposed to love our brothers and sisters and help them? Yes. Are we supposed to show charity and love? Yes. Does God have to have us to do it? No. God is the Almighty. He is the Powerful. He is the source of everything. God created the heavens and earth. He created this nice little garden. You know, a few days worth of work there. He did. He put in in preparation for his grand finale, which was man. And there's an importance to that. See, he got 
everything prepared, everything we need. You know, many of us, we have a baby for the first time and we think we have everything and then we get home and we realize, oh, I don't have this and I need this and this ain't put together and we're just a mess. We're not God. We often do things in reverse. We're driving by and we see someone selling puppies on the side of the road. And the next thing we know, we have a puppy sitting in our lap, but we have no crate or dishes or food or all these other things that a puppy requires. But not God. God gets everything in order. And then he places his prized possession there. And to think that we're in a situation that only man can get us out of. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. Because we're talking about the same God that there was a man with a withered hand. And Jesus was able to restore it. This is the same God that Jesus reached up and restored the ear that Peter had sliced off. This is the same God that the woman seeked out Jesus and just touched the hem of his garment and restored. And I like that story because... Before we get to the point where she was healed by the power of God, she had spent astronomical amounts of money. She had seeked person after person after person, you know, men, humans, and none of them could fix her. None of them could heal her. It just goes to show that God is the ultimate power. God's got it all figured out. They're working on this big, humongous infrastructure bill that's in the trillions of dollars, numbers that we can't even compute are so big, that our kids, 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 kids will be paying for if the world lasts that long. Probably not. That they're trying to figure out how to fund and to do while still misappropriating trillions each and every year in senseless spending. And it's all to take care of things that we think God don't have in control. When we talk about things like that, global warming, overpopulation, that's saying that God's experiment got out of hand. That he don't know what he's doing. That it went too far. And that man's got to fix it? No. The only thing that man 
ever does consistently is screw up. No matter who you are, how great you are, man as a whole has a reputation of messing up. We take David, problems. Abram, Abraham, problems. Jacob, Isaac, problems. And I can keep going because we're all human. We can start naming off the names in here. We can start naming off any name you want because we're all human. We all sin. We all make mistakes. And many of them are catastrophic. Man fell because of man's mistake. The world was flooded because of man's mistake. The world is going to be destroyed again because of man's mistake. Kings rise, kings fall because of mistake. Empires rise and fall because of mistake. The only thing consistently we do is fail. But God consistently doesn't. We have to look and we have to listen. And we better watch out. Because when someone uses the name of God and then in the same sentence is telling you what to do, you better watch out. Have them show you. Where, where does the word does it say that? Explain that one to me. And it gets to the point when we say God said, God told me that we get suspect because so many times this happens. But yet, if it sounds good, if it's pleasing to the ear, if we can marginally make it make sense, then we'll go along with it because that's one less thing we have to do. We don't have to think. We can just do. We can just follow along. God gave us this amazing mind. He gave us the ability to think, to reason, to be able to do all these tasks, to be able to create music, create art, to build. He gave us free will to be able to use these things, to make decisions for ourselves, to be able to accept him, to not accept him, to be able to do whatever we want to do. And yet, we choose not to do it. We have these grand gifts. Jesus died not only so we can have salvation 
It's more than just going to heaven, eternal life. It's so we can communicate with God, that we can seek Him for answers, for wisdom, for prosperity. In the book of Acts, Peter goes walking along and people line up on the streets just so they can get in his shadow so they can be healed because they had a strong faith. And you know, Peter wasn't nothing special. He just had faith. He had his trials, he had his tribulations, he had his faults, but he had faith. And that was the faith that allowed that to happen. And the faith of the people that allowed that to happen. And we don't have that anymore. If Peter and John, if they can lay hands and heal, so can we. Because why? God tells us so. Now, I don't want to just leave you there thinking that, well, this is, there all is to it that I believe I'm going to wake up the next day and be perfect. Because there is a, a lot more to it. There's a lot of things that we have to get right. And there's other things that we'll discuss in future episodes about why things don't happen. Because I don't want to be one of those guys that's pumping you up with a, a bunch of hope and not give you a way to get there. To tell you where the promised land is, there's a promised land out there, but not give you directions to get there. And so many times that happens that leaves us with a bunch of disappointed people that try God for just a brief second and it doesn't work and then they never come back. So no, I'm telling you that we're going to get there, but it's not going to be today. And it's probably not going to be next week or the week after that. It's something that we're going to have to work towards. Knowledge is not something that we gain in just a few moments. It takes time. We have to put the pieces together. So yeah, there's some hope there. There's some instruction there, but there's still more pieces of this puzzle we have to put together. So I don't want you going out today and trying things and getting discouraged. No, there's more work to be done. See, everything sounds easy, but really there's some difficulty to it. Having faith can be very difficult. Especially when Satan comes a-knocking, and then that knock turns into a pound, and then the next thing you know, you're on the ground being kicked. Because I know, I get there. One little stumble turns into a fall. And the next thing you know, you get a beat down. Because he wants you to fail. He wants you to give up. He wants you to just say, forget it. It's not worth it. He wants you to turn away. He wants you not to seek God. He wants you to think God's a fraud. And it's very easy to fall into that mindset if we allow ourselves to do it. You want to be great? You want to be powerful? Be great and powerful in your faith. Bow with me, please.